everybody, welcome back to the great and terrible AHS. We are looking at season two, episode two, tricks and treats today. Some trick-or-treaters show up for no discernible reason and then leave. And that's the only justification we're getting for the episode. Joining me today is Liz Michelle Lovely. Hey! Hello. <laughs> and Slow Beef. Hey, how's hey, it going? It's me. Hey. Yay. <laughs> um I just wanted to get that out of the way up front because it really pissed me off <laughs> that we're right? doing this again of naming an episode Tricks and Treats. And the only tying factors is one of the characters says treats in a weird <laughs> way a lot. Yep. <laughs> and then there's some trick-or-treaters at the beginning that have no bearing on the story. And it's not Halloween. They explicitly go out of their way to have <laughs> trick-or-treaters show up and then have them go... But it's not Halloween. Why are you here? <laughs> yep, they can't even get their justification straight. <laughs> and when we say it wild. has no bearing on it, we mean like it has like truly no bearing yeah. on it. Um, the setting of it being Halloween has nothing to do with the rest of the There's... episode. In fact, no one even brings it up aside from this opening sequence. And the only time they bring it up is specifically to tell us, the viewers, that it's not Halloween, which makes it very weird that trick-or-treaters show up at the front door. <laughs> if, if you think this sounds bad, no, this, sh this episode's good right now. Let's get into it because it gets real bad real fast. <laughs> yeah. Starting with everyone's favorite frame story. Yeah, we're starting back in the present. We've got uh, Teresa being menaced uh, in the body shoot. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh, very, very menaced. Like, he's not mm -hmm. really doing anything directly. He's just kind of like, I'm going to get you. Yep. <laughs> walking at her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a spooky boy who's in the body shoot um and she like books it back to leo who's adam levine in case anyone forgot um he seems to be dead but i guess not um the whole opening sequence if you've seen any of the old saw films like actually all of them if you've seen all of mm -hmm. the saw films you'll recognize the like extreme shaky camera footage uh, style from those movies where like, oh, it's supposed to be disorienting and uh, you can't see anything. It's not found footage, but it's just really, really hard to see. That's what's going yeah. on here. Um, no stabilization <sighs> whatsoever. So it, it seems like Leo's dead, but I guess not because she like starts dragging him to the room where the hole cut off his arm. Um, and <laughs> bloody face like grabs him by the legs and is like, nah, uh, uh, and like rips him out of the room. And she's like, uh oh. Um, and then she just watches as uh, Bloody Face kind of like, with no particular urgency, starts turbo stabbing Leo, um, which that seems like a bit overkill because he was already in real bad shape. It was already hard to tell <laughs> if he was alive or not to begin with. That's how stabbing Bloody Face tests. That's how he yeah. checks a pulse, really. You know, cause, like, you <laughs> hey, bud, you doing okay? Stabs him fifty times. Yeah. All right, I was just checking. <laughs> I was just, I was just seeing, and that is. Literally all we see of this. Um, yep. That's about 25 seconds and it's over. Um, now it's 1964 again. Um, and we're at Wendy <laughs> so, and Lana's so house. It, it, you put it randomly cuts. I want to say they were trying to do a clever transition yeah, here uh -huh. and it just doesn't work um it's really frustrating you mentioned liz last episode that they were like really proud of a couple of their like kind of clever transitions like into the body shoot and stuff um they keep trying to do it except <laughs> it's like always less good than that like mm -hmm. that was the peak and now they're trying to capture it again this one was the lady is like banging on the door Mm -hmm. For some reason, I guess to alert the killer that that's where she is. Um, and then it cuts to the future of someone else banging on the door. And that's their like through line for the for the for the um, for the cut. Which and they is, think this is uh, anything, so, but it's, it's just <sighs> this is where it's so funny, because not only does Teresa have no reason to be banging on the door. This is where the <laughs> trick or treaters show up, which also have no reason to be there, which means not only. Do neither of those plots require someone <laughs> yeah. to be banging on a door? But that means someone in the writer's room was like, we have got to have this transition. God damn it, we are going to make yeah. this work. It, 
it, it feels they're bending over backwards. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it definitely feels also. It just feels like they're doing like a thing where it's it were uh, it's like the writing got messed up, right? Like the production or something where this was supposed to be the Halloween episode. Then they realized they don't have much relevant to it, but it was like kind of too late for certain parts that were already filmed or something, and it just doesn't really work. So you <laughs> I know. really do think they write the titles of the episodes and then just like they're not allowed to change them. Um, yeah. But they write them before they write the episode, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, well, shit, we got to add something in there so that this makes sense." They would oh, they like, got girl. to put a spooky little girl in it. Oh or crap! They do the <laughs> Disney Star Wars thing, like Ryan and whatever, like come up with the outline. That's like you're all gonna write this, and then you know, don't talk till you're done, and then we'll make it all work somehow. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, pretty much. Um, yeah. But as <laughs> aforementioned, we're at Wendy and Lana's house, um, and Wendy is absolutely it, her name is Wendy right the more I say it the yeah. less right it sounds no it's um, Wendy Wendy she's, who is Lana's, it's not gonna matter in like a minute yeah yeah don't worry <laughs> yeah. she's she's got maybe three minutes left in this show yeah. um what, what's like buyer's remorse but for where you betray someone to death <laughs> like that where you, you sentence know? your wife to death yeah, yeah um, exactly. she's got that and she's like <laughs> real upset about it and she has two other people um, two other ladies there with her um, named Barb and Lois, according to the credits. They don't really yeah. say their names. Um, and she's Wendy's just crying and she's like super upset about what she did to Lana. Um, and mm-hmm. the whoever it is is banging on the door still. And Barb is like, don't answer. There's a serial killer on the loose. And Wendy's like, no, you fucking moron. He's locked up where Lana's locked up. Like, why do you think he's still on the loose? <laughs> Um, no clue why that interaction happens. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> very strange to be like, you don't even pay attention to your wife's work. What are you? What are you? Yeah. Like, what are you? You don't even know what your wife's working on. What a joke. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then she like starts lamenting that she wants to recant. And then Lois, the other one, is like, no, you signed a document. Not that anyone can blame you. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, even in this context, what does that mean? Like, you can't back out now you signed a document and i'm like has no one in american horror story ever heard of duress ever period like they don't understand (laughs) the law or real medicine those are the two things especially (laughs) mental health care they will get that wrong every chance they get yeah 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 without question and without fail yeah so like um yeah then like uh, it's with it trick or treaters, right? Yeah, no. So like, yeah. So they're yeah. banging on the door. They walk over there, and after being like, "No, you can just answer it," they answer it, and it's um a set of three or four trick or treaters. Right. And as Liz has put in the notes here, um, do you think these people are just stupid and didn't expect children on Halloween? No. These kids are freaks and have showed up the day before Halloween and are like, give us the pre-order candy. (laughs) They're so insistent. They've been banging on the door for like five minutes. And I mean like hammering on the door for like five minutes. Like what little assholes. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Wendy doesn't have candy and that makes her cry um, because she doesn't have candy to give the kids. She's like, that's what Lana used to take care of. I'm like, you know what? You're a school teacher. Yeah. You're, a, you're a great school teacher. You take care of that, too, in class. Get out. No, what kind of terrible Lana- teacher are you? You care so much about your fucking job, but you don't even know it's like Halloween and kids need candy. Lana sure. did everything, and also I immediately sold her out with literally no compensation. <sighs> um, <laughs> And so then Wendy decides to smoke some pot and take a shower about it. Um, We get dangerously close to a psycho shower ripoff scene. Um, like they frame it and everything like the, we see her behind the curtain and like there's like a perspective shot. You're like, oh, we're going to rip off Psycho. Uh, mm-hmm. But then they don't. They have a little bit of self-restraint um, and she leaves the shower and walks out and just inexplicably uh, bloody faces in her house, I guess. Yeah, um, why not? <laughs> she has the most bad insane planet. <laughs> Um, you can't kill me. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> yeah, she's uh-huh. sovereign citizen's bloody face. She's like, I'm a school teacher. You can't do this. Um, <laughs> Think about the children. What'll I tell the children? <laughs> like, you're gonna be dead, ma'am. Yeah. And also, like, 
as if the children are the only people who are who would be like you know um misunderstanding of a serial killer who wears people's faces murdering um a member of their community like only the children would have an issue with that everyone else the adults they're going to be fine with it but the <laughs> well, kids mad well, but like also you're negotiating with bloody face you know what i mean yeah. like just like at this point it's like he'll listen to reason like look at him <laughs> no it's he so- knows yeah. to respect a school teacher <laughs> And would listen to like a like a super kick or something like really get him. You know, at, at that point, <laughs> only- you might as well just be like, I thought you're supposed to be in jail. You know what yeah. I mean? Or whatever. You know, like, wait a second Uh-oh, here. Stinky. Oh, stinky. That would be so much better of a reaction of just being like, you're not bloody face. That guy's in jail. Who the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> I didn't or, order pizza. Hear me, hear me out. They could maybe tie it into the Halloween through line and be like, hey, wait a second. Halloween's not till tomorrow. Incredible, and then yeah, you could but... still murder her. But no, she's like, I'm a school teacher. Ooh. And then gets murdered. Officer, and... I have every right to be here. And then I get shanked. <laughs> <laughs> That's bloody face saying that, by the way. I have every right to be here inside of Wendy's house. Um, opening sequence plays. Da, 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 that was the opening sequence. Now we're in Briarcliff again. I'm assuming like roughly the same amount of time. It's some time has passed. Um, the police show up, and I do mean the police. I don't mean like guards, like fully the police. Um, yeah, full on like cherries and berries, whoop whoop cops. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is yeah. very confusing given that we are explicitly told in episode one, like a lot of times by a lot of characters, that Briarcliff is not a prison. Um, that's kind of why it's conceit, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the core conceit is we are bringing people here instead of prison to get them psych evaluation. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the. But that's the core conceit of the place. Oh, yet, well. Yet it functions um, exactly like a prison for some reason, mm-hmm. um, which remember, some people are there because like they're really horny. Um, it's it's very unclear why the police are present here and acting like this is a prison because they start like doing a room search of everybody in the women's wing. Um, and they find bread and Pepper's room and Jude's like, it's going to get rats in here. And Shelly. Uh, who is the Moira of this season. <laughs> mm-hmm. So funny. So funny. Because, yeah, like, Jude's like, Pepper, you know we'll get rats. Get it through your dumb head of yours. And yeah. then we have uh, fucking Shelly popping out of her room being like, I've got a cucumber in mine. You want to see it? It's covered in my cum. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I put it on my vagina. What's up, sister? Hey, you want to see this cucumber? And then Jude's just like, God fucking damn it. Later, later this same character will try to convince us that like she's totally normal. There's yeah. nothing amiss. This is just normal behavior. And she's in there wrongly. <laughs> Um, I just want everyone to keep that in mind. She is convinced there's nothing wrong with her. Um, it's so funny, too, just immediately popping up. Like, at this point, you have to assume it's just antagonizing no, that's what I kinda, just like, Yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, I, mean, I love dude, it. Don't get me wrong. I love it for off her. Again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it for Shelly. I love Shelly. I think she's uh, she's living her best life. Um, Second mm. favorite character to the guy punching himself in the balls last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's a, that was a beautiful act of self-love, um, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alfred. And, and then yeah. Lana is Lana's room gets searched, and they find like notes that she's been writing on like scraps of newspaper, and they act like they found like contraband. But like, is there a rule in the psych ward that you can't I, have like a diary? I guess. I'm kind of ta- honestly. Oh God, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I under I like I assume it's because they don't they she's yeah. obviously a reporter and they don't want her like writing a story or whatever about it. Um, but then she like says exactly what we're all thinking, which is, "Hey, dipshits, I can just literally remember what happened to me in here and then write a story yeah. from that. I don't need notes." And then they're like, "Great news. Um, we know how to do like lobotomies and shit here." Uh. <laughs> Well, yeah. I well, I, I mean, they they say like you're not. We have a way of dealing with like memories. Or, I forget exactly how they phrase it because I was like, wait, they're doing the. She says like we'll see how long that holds up. Yeah, because or I, something like that. They, yeah, because yeah, then the they go to actually give her. I think it was like electroshock therapy, mm-hmm. right? So like, yes. Um, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, but uh, before that, she goes to Doctor Arden because she's like. 
hey, I want to do uh, shock therapy on somebody. And he's like, weren't you saying that was barbaric? She's like, yeah, but, you know, I thought I prayed on it and maybe it's not. He goes, yeah, whatever. That's fine. I like it. You know, God would want it. us to do the shock therapy, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just like, you know, yeah, I'm not like looking she's at just straight up, like She's just straight up like, yeah, we need to uh, shock the lesbian memories out of her or whatever. And Dr. Arden's like, yeah, that's bullshit, but I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dr. Arden's <laughs> like, you know what? Say less. I I love shocking people. Uh, put I, me yeah. in there. I am going to make... I am going to make you watch, though. You well, do have to watch. Yeah. I can't enjoy it unless you watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes a step further, because Dr. Arden is a fucking freak, but he's not an idiot, and he actually makes Jude participate in the shock right. therapy so right. that she's complicit in it, which means that if he gets in trouble, she will also get in trouble. Yeah. Um, And you can tell when it happens that Jude's like, hmm, I maybe shouldn't have sanctioned this. This is pretty bad Uh, when it's happening. Right. Uh, and so Lana gets the shit shocked out of her. And then it's the next day, I guess, uh, in the common room. Um, and Kit is dragged out into the common area by some orderlies to speak to a new character we've not met yet named Dr. Oliver oh. Threadson. Also, we don't need to go too super into it. But if you don't know, uh, the effects of a lot of electricity on the human body are, like, bad. Universally yeah. very bad. Like... At first, I was like, actually, huh, I think that can mess with your memory, but let me check. And I looked it up. And yeah, no, that's like one of the top things on the list is like, it'll just scramble your shit for a bit. Like, it's not good. Your body is a system of very complicated electrical signals that are sending out like tiny, tiny, like nano amounts of current. So just like blasting volts in there. No good. Don't do it. (laughs) Um, They don't really uh, fully show the effects of this on Lana is the only reason I want to mention it. Like, she walks away and like is screaming at the time, but then is, like, immediately fine afterwards, which, like, no, running electricity through your body does a shitload of damage to your physicality and will take multiple well, days to recover, at least. I, you know, you might say, well, um, didn't they do research? I'm like, I'm sure they did watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like, once before uh-huh. the scene, you know, right in this cell. <laughs> like, that's probably fine. And <laughs> to be clear, one thing I would also like to mention here is... um. Mm-hmm. As a contrast, we have this scene where she's getting the shock therapy, and then later, um, spoiler alert, there will be an exorcism scene. Don't worry, we'll get there. Um, they're very similar in tone. I would like to say Sarah Paulson does a great job yeah, acting the electroshock shock therapy scene. Out of all of the scenes in this episode, she does a great job selling that shit. Right. Um, British accent, not so much. <laughs> being electrocuted, that's, yeah. her, that's her damn. <laughs> I think that maybe, this is, I think, the season where... Um, the writers of the show realized, hey, Sarah Paulson's like kind of a good actor. We should make her be like in all of the seasons. Um, the same with uh, <laughs> with Jessica Lang. They're like, right. we should keep her around. She's pretty good at this. Yeah. Um, again, we'll have an exorcism later that goes on for four times as long and is four times as bad. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, we're meeting Dr. Oliver Threadson, who is played by Zachary Quinto. Um, and... Kit's being, like, drugged to talk to him, and, like, for some reason, Kit makes a break for the record player on the way over. It's unsuccessful. Nothing comes of it, so I don't know why they chose to add it to the shot. It almost feels like, um, what's-his-name-who-plays-Kit just decided to ad-lib that, and the orderlies, or the actors who were playing the orderlies, orderlies were like, whoa, 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 and just grabbed him real quick. Um, and then they just decided, yeah, you know what, keep that in. That's that's good That's characterization gold, for Kit. Yeah. yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Oliver is meeting Kit for the first time, and he is the court-appointed psychiatrist who's supposed to be, like, determining whether or not kid is crazy right um and that's why he did the murders and so we get like exposition in the form of him typing on a typewriter and talking to kit at the same time um and he's like okay subject did a bunch of murders it might be because of his racial guilt or something because he was married in in a racial relationship which doesn't make any sense given that only one of his victims was a different race than him but Pop off, I guess, Oliver. There's no um, good doctors on this show yeah, ever. There you know? are no good doctors, especially not any that have to do with mental health in this series. Um, and Kit's like, hey, I did not do any murders. Also, my wife is not dead. That body did not have a head. You cannot prove it. Um, and then I guess Kit doesn't know that there's like a bunch of other ways you could identify a body besides just the head. Because um, he but- seems to think that that's 
100% clarification that that was not his wife. But, like, the show is going to seriously contend that this maybe isn't his... You know what I mean? Like, this is never... Like, you're absolutely right. It's just, like, the show will also treat this like, maybe? Who knows? Even though, yeah, it should absolutely not be a question. Yeah, the show will make you... Or will try to convince you that if a head is not with a body at the time that it's found... Um, there's no way to positively ID it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's, yeah. Don't fall and, for American Horror Stories <laughs> lies, folks. <laughs> which, granted, it was the 1960s, but I feel like even back then we had, like, fingerprinting oh, yeah, and stuff. No, I don't know. Yeah, 100% they should know for sure, right? But they're <sighs> playing a little game. But. And Kit is, like, very insistent that the aliens have his wife, mm-hmm. Um, which Kit is also, like, at this point, it should be noted, because this will come up between him and Grace later, that he is trying to convince the psychiatrist that he isn't crazy. And instead of just, like, pretending that he didn't get abducted by aliens. Right. <laughs> he just keeps mentioning that he didn't do the murders and that the aliens stole his wife, um, which is a 100% foolproof way for to get diagnosed as crazy um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) without a 100% success rate. Um, And it works because uh, Oliver diagnoses him as clinically insane, Um, which means he's got to stay in Briarcliff. (laughs) That scene's over. Goodbye. It's now time for Mary Eunice in the Woods. Get ready for the most uncomfortable apple eating sequence in the show. (laughs) Um, The most confusing and (laughs) unnecessary, like... Mm-hmm. It's got that real big. How do I? How do I put this? It. You ever feel like someone is like trying to make a point really hard, and they're like <laughs> fishing for a metaphor that's yep, clearly not yeah, there, yeah. and they're like, "We're gonna get this metaphor in here, whether you fucking like it or not." Right. I've never seen it to the point that like the actors in the scene also were like, "This metaphor doesn't make sense in this scene." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's also, by the way, we're starting a very, um, at least if nothing else, consistent trend of them not knowing what the fuck a candied apple is. Um, so Mary Eunice is feeding the question mark, question mark, question mark in the woods again, but it's daytime now. Mm-hmm. Um, and doc- Which means she's doing this like a lot and somehow no one's caught her until Lana did. But Dr. Arden sneaks up on her and I'm doing air quotes because he literally just walks up behind yeah. her and she she folds like a napkin. Like, yeah. oh, you scared me. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, hey, what are the things in the woods? And he will not tell her. Um, and then he's like, hey, you've been doing such a good job feeding my whatever these are in the woods. Here's a little ornate metal box with one singular candied apple inside for you. Um, which is the biggest wizard that lives in the woods trying to curse you ass thing I can possibly imagine. Um, also, it is... Without, like, this isn't even, like, up for debate. It's a caramel apple, not a candied apple. Yeah. Um, It is, like, and it's not even close. Like, it's definitely a caramel apple. You can yep. even see, like, the green apple underneath it. Like, it's it's so clearly a caramel apple. Um, And he, like, pulls it out and is like, take a bite. And she's like, no, I can't have sweets. It'll make me love Satan or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, you gotta take a bite. And it's big, like, weird Snow White energy. Which, yeah. in case you're curious, Snow White had been out for about 30 years at the time that this was taking place. It's, so there's a good chance that she's at least heard of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's. I, I, I felt like there's a little, like, clumsy Garden of Eden thing in there, like, of this t- being tempting, you know, tempting someone with the fruit of knowledge, except it's an apple explicitly and it's not in the bottom blah 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 but you it's know. okay because by the end of this episode yeah it doesn't sister matter. mary yep. eunice will be nasty so it doesn't matter exactly um <laughs> with nothing to do with this apple this apple metaphor goes nowhere mm-hmm. um <laughs> and um so she takes a bite of the apple and is like mm, yummy and then they walk back to the briar cliff um and as they're walking, she has, like, the apple that has exactly one bite out of it in the basket that she was carrying the meat in, which, first of all, gross. <laughs> um, and Shelly, who is three stories up, looking through a window, spots and focuses in on the caramel apple in the basket from the upstairs window. So I guess being, like, super horny gives you incredible vision, like a hawk. 
And um, it, it would make sense with an actual candy apple because at least that's like kind of glossy. You could have like a hint of white. Yeah, right? But like, yeah, this is like dull brown caramel apple in the dirt. Like, holy shit. Like, she must be eating carrots, which is a myth, by the way. You know, like... And it, <laughs> and it like focuses in on it. So you're like, oh, okay, the, the caramel apple is going to be important to Shelly later on. Um, It will it's be, not... but in a really dumb way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then that scene's done and now we're back in the goddamn common room again mm-hmm. um, which in case you're wondering yes that song from the last episode does keep playing yeah. in this room every time we're here and we also have to listen to it every yep. time we're here um, yep. Lana is like trying to get her memories back uh, which she's like kind of doing and she's writing she's like scribbling notes on a newspaper again Um Kent walks in, so I guess they just let him walk around for free, um, which seems like something they wouldn't do, but whatever. Because um, mm. he was, not only is he allegedly a serial killer, but also he was just in solitary confinement, and he got drug out by orderlies, like, one scene ago. Um, so I'm not sure why he's just allowed to freely walk around now. Um and he's talking to Grace, who is French in this scene. Um, <laughs> I say that because she will not be French in future scenes. And that will oscillate back and forth for the rest of the show, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, she course. says pumpernickel in a way that is unmistakably French. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> shrug. <laughs> can, can, you, can you hit me with? Can no. You me, can you hit me with? I can't. I, pump, I'm not French. Pump. That's basically what she says. Um, she likes. She asks if he's gonna like if Kit's gonna pretend to be a loaf of pump in the girl as he gets loaded into the bread cart. Um, because that's his plan now? Question mark. So Lana hears them planning to leave in like perfect Dolby surround sound stereo. So I guess getting shock therapy also gives you like supersonic hearing because she hears this across the room like loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's to indicate that she knows that they're trying to escape. But then we're watching Doctor Threadson meet with Jude to talk about Kit. Um, he's like, hey, uh, your uh, facility sucks bad. It's it's bad. The conditions here, bad. Um, and Jude's just like, no, bye. I have a meeting. Yeah. 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 It's really strange. Like he comes up like, hi, I'm a government official working here on an investigation to see about the, the quality of the care being given here and the people involved. And like she's like, no, you're here for a specific guy. You're not allowed to report on anything else. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Like if a government man comes in and is just supposed to check on one thing and then sees that you're breaking a hundred other things. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're getting a whole regulatory body on your ass like that's nah you don't there's a lot of people you can just be like hey man fuck off Mm -hmm. to um government regulators are zero of them exactly (laughs) Um, ask activision blizzard what happens when you try to be a little fucking be a little a little fast and loose you end up in like multiple years of dealing with legal battles just because you could not run your mouth and that's exactly what sister june is doing here And to their credit, and this is very, very, very loosely giving American Horror Story writers credit, um, Jude walks away to, like, go have her meeting, and they actually do have Dr. Threadson, like, basically interrupt her meeting, like, no, no, we Mm -hmm. weren't done, actually. Yeah. Um, So they, like, they don't completely fall through on that plot line. They have one character who, like, kind of is realistic in that sense. Right. But now we're starting the exorcism subplot, so everybody buckle up, because it's the exorcism subplot time. Hey, you know how we have, like, three or four interesting stories and plot lines going right now already at episode, like, 1.5? Good news. We're going to spend 20 minutes on one that doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Here we go. It Mm. matters, because it it ends with Sister Mary Eunice being nasty now. We don't... The thing is that isn't totally like i think it's not totally clear what happens but like yeah it it ends up being actually part of the reason she's my favorite character or one of them 
Oh no! Oh yeah, for sure. I we could. The thing is, we could have gotten to Mary yes. Eunice being possessed. Um, in thirty seconds. I know. I we feel you now. I feel you now. Yes. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. Just like truly, like you took so much fucking time to just have us have this weird kid yell backstory at people Mm -hmm. because i guess that's like they were like in the exorcist people just know what's happening when they're possessed they're just um they're omniscient yeah so i guess this person is just our little exposition dispenser because no one else could feasibly dump this exposition why wouldn't dr arden know that okay so (laughs) yeah um and i yeah we'll we'll get there because what happens yeah there's the potter family their son has been acting weird and like talking funny and stuff which like we the audience are like oh that's tongues and the commercial said there was an exorcism so we kind of know but you know dude's like let me guess chronic masturbation but except not funny you know what i mean like not played for a laugh she's just like right and they're like well i don't know if that's it you know um and then yeah but Threadson's like hold on I'll diagnose your son for real because this place is clown clown shoes don't even you know forget this whole asylum or whatever but and they proceed to show that they have no idea how a doctor acts mm. ever because they list off the symptoms and instead of you know listing one of the 10 different mental health diagnoses that all of these things fall into he's like I just don't know what to say what someone talking weird out of nowhere there's like literally seven different conditions that cause that Uh, (laughs) it's just like it's extremely like no 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 he would hear these things and be like okay so that could be this it could be a psychosis related to this this or this like we'll have to do some tests and follow up on it no he immediately is like this must be something from another world like it's (laughs) completely stupid (laughs) completely stupid fucking response and you know of course then jude's like oh Oh, what's wrong, Mr. Science Man? Your fancy pants city slicking science don't get you out of this one. And it's just like, who is this for? Yeah, <laughs> who I is think, this scene for? I think they have to, they, they can't, so they have to, they can't resolve the fact that really, like, Dr. Threadson would never agree to be like, yeah, you should exercise this guy. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, we're, I'm, we're gonna, you know what I mean? He would absolutely stop that, but we need an exorcism to happen. You know what I mean? And we need to introduce him. So we have like, well, I I thought of one thing and it wasn't that. So I guess you're in charge now, sister. So whatever. It's like, that's my take anyway. So, yeah, he's speaking Latin. They're like, let's, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's, uh, they're like, yep, exorcism. We'll figure that out. But meanwhile, uh, oh, yeah, so this is a, uh, they don't go into this. This is like a thing asylums used to do, which is these like hot baths like torture thing everything old medicine old psych medicine was like torture basically it's all horrible but like you'd be put in these tubs and like it would be covered up to your neck it was like a really hot steam bath basically but you kind of couldn't get out so i i don't know the theory behind it or what it was called i i I read about it once but anyway they're there and then grace it's grace and lana and grace is like she like sneaks in some contraband thing like a fork or something and she like yeah, they, they don't really, sh- but like she's like, if you manage to sneak one of these in, you can cut this open and get a little relief from the steam, you know? So she gets out and she like helps Lana too. And, um, and yeah, Lana's checking out the goods because remember, don't forget she's gay, everyone. Okay, we got that? All right, that's established. Great. Um, so let's see what, uh, oh yeah, so like basically Lana's like, listen, I, you know, I heard you and uh, talking about maybe an escape plan. Is, is that a thing I can get in on? She's like, yeah, you, me, and Kit. And she's like, that's not the bloody face killer. You can't let him out of here. And it's... Yeah. And this starts a multi-part epic of Lana trying to come in as the third wheel on an escape and being very insistent that they need to cut out one of the two people who were planning it. And reasonably, the two people who were planning it repeatedly go... No, fuck you, weirdo. Like, yeah. no, you're late. Sorry. Like, no. <laughs> no, no, you can't let him out. He's a killer. Yeah, we're all in here for being killers or whatever. Fuck it. We got to get out of here, yeah. man. And no, of course, Lana is insistent that uh, the correct answer here is to 
just repeatedly be like, <laughs> well, we can't have like this would be a case of let's get out of here and then we can discuss the yeah. kid problem like, afterwards. Like one like solve yeah. one problem at a time, you know, like don't yeah. You know, priorities. Yes. You know, and this is gonna come to a head at the end of this episode that Lana cannot get her fucking priorities straight it's, <laughs> it's also such a weird characterization because like from the moment that Grace is like, Oh yeah, okay, well you know where the tunnels are, so we can escape. Um also Kit's coming and she's like, No, like it starts this weird characterization where Lana is like super anti-Kit. And like you'd think that Lana, the person who was A, wrongfully imprisoned, and B, um, literally there to interview Bloody Face, would like mm-hmm. maybe want to hear his side right? of the story just like a little bit. Oh my god, you're right. I didn't even think about yeah, that. You're the right. whole reason she's here is to interview him, and now she's getting a chance to interview him and is going. No. Stinky. No. Stinky boy. Don't, no, stinky. Don't let him out. I'll, we get out, and then I'll come back and talk to him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, is, is that the plan? <laughs> this is like, she has no, all of this is counter to all of her motives. Like, it's, it doesn't help me escape or interview him, so let's do that. Like, damn. <clears throat> this show no, sucks. Lana's, Lana is apparently very stupid for this episode. Oh, um, you know, the electroshocks. There you yeah, go. Right? It fucks up your, pri- your to-do list, and yeah, then you don't know what you... Yeah, I, we've been there, but you know. And <laughs> we get like one micro scene, and I do mean micro scene. It's like five seconds long of like Lana being like, I understand what it's like to not trust because I don't trust because my girlfriend um put me in here. Uh Which is fair and a good characterization for Lana's character. Um. It doesn't make any sense given that she's using that as a comeback to Grace being like, sorry, I don't trust people much. And then Lana being like, yeah, that's why I don't trust Kit because my girlfriend put me in here. Um, Not because I think he's a serial killer, but because I have a hard time opening up because I was betrayed by my loved one. Um, then that's the end of that. We should say also, because it will be very confusing as how we jump back and forth to it, like 12 scenes are going to happen and the exorcism is going to be intercut through all of them. So we will just have a scene and then we will, we will yeah. be back to the inexplicable exorcism again. Um, and then we'll leave the exorcism and go back to a new scene. Um, this mm-hmm. one I hate opens this scene. with, <laughs> I, hate, I hate this I scene hate too. I hate this scene so bad. Arden's um, making oh. garlic bread, doodah, doodah, doodah. Why is Arden making garlic bread? And um, maybe a better question: Why is Shelly in Arden's room? 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 Why is Shelly one of the inmates? So. Why? Yeah. Like, he's just out and about making dinner for himself at night. Like, this guy's getting ready to, like, have a little nightcap and, like, put a little candle on a plate and go to bed or some shit. Like, there's no reason for Shelly to be here. The condensed milk version of this scene, and I hate it, is I hate it so much, is, hey, Dr. Arden, now that I'm here in somehow... How about we have sex? And he's like, I don't want that. You're a disgusting whore. It's like, I hate that word. Here's my backstory because I want you to be sympathetic to me because I, w- I want to have sex with you. So just let me outside. But anyway, here's my backstory. And we get her backstory. And it's it's so awkward because it really goes like that where she's like, oh, look, I just want to be outside. And I hate that word. But you know why? I And you know what I do what I do, Dr. Arden? Well, I'm going to tell you why I do what I do. And she goes into a big monologue that is exactly her backstory. And I fucking hate it. She had a husband. Also, yeah, her, yeah. her backstory also makes no sense given the character that we know and mm-hmm. the traits that she's shown. It's like directly in conflict with the character that we've been seeing since mm-hmm. moment one. Also, they wanted to have like a moment of her being like, I saw what you did, Dr. Arden, because she's like, you want to see my candy apple? Which would imply that right. she saw um, Sister Mary receive a Caramel apple. Again, it was a caramel <laughs> apple. It's not a candy apple. It wouldn't even have looked like a candy apple at that distance. It would clearly be a caramel apple. If you somehow could see into the middle of the woods from the asylum, I guess, because again, she 
has said directly she's not you know, able to go outside. Wouldn't it be funny, though, if Arden was like, well, I know you're full of shit because that was a caramel apple I gave her. You know, like, so who's going to believe you? But. Mary Eunice is a moron, but I know you're not. So I got you. Checkmate. Bully, bully for me. But Yeah, bully for me. Um, yeah, this is literally just a scene where we get, like, Shelly lore for some reason, which, do, again, doesn't make any sense. It's, it's so- basically... Yeah. Like TLDR, she was super horny from like a really young age, so she ran away from home and married a bass player right. who like cheated on her a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get back yeah. at him, she bangs the Navy guys. They- yeah, they got married, oh. and he expected monogamy from her while going out and doing stuff with other ladies. And then she was like, "Okay, great." Then once it was Fleet Week, I. He came back to me in bed with multiple Navy guys. And um, what was the line she said? It's pretty sick. Oh, it's like uh, uh, oh, something not for country. It's uh, I looked him in the eyes and told him it's not for self, but for country, which is a cold fucking line to have your husband come in and see two Navy dudes like Eiffel Towering you in your revenge like scheme. Yeah. And then to like land that on him like. He's done. He's toast. He's over. Like, but, that should have been it. That was donezo. But no, he gets mad, and he he hits her, and then he puts her in Briarcliff? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Um, and she's like, I don't deserve to be in here. Like, he, they believed him. I'm like, all right, that's fucked up. What he did, fucked up, objectively. But, like, yeah. you're making it sound like you're just some normal lady who fucked some guys for revenge. Like, we have seen you demonstratively Try the, to fuck everything with a pulse that you have seen the, to like a comedic degree. <laughs> yeah. And like the big, and anyway, it's like this was, uh, this is so awkward because like we all knew Arden was going to be like, you're right. I do feel bad for you. You can go outside because he's like, yeah, whatever, whore, and leaves. And it's like, wow, what a piece of shit he is. And it's like, but to be fair, like we all knew he was going to be a giant piece of shit about this, you know? So like, whatever i mean that's that's the awkward backstory scene and there you have it right also this scene doesn't make any sense because the crux of it is that she wants arden to quote unquote let her go outside and she's like making it seem like oh well you let so and so go outside but it was sister mary eunice she's allowed to go outside right yeah so like it the whole like crux of the scene doesn't make any sense because it's not like Arden let Mary well, Eunice go outside. Like, She's just allowed to be out there. It's like, are you seducing him or blackmailing him or trying to get a pity thing? Like, pick a lane, uh, Shelley. You know, but you know, unfortunately, no. no I so. refuse. It's yeah. time to go back to the bad exorcist. Yeah. Um, Dr. Threadson's back and he tells Jed's parents, who's the little demon boy, by the way, um, that he needs to go to a real hospital. Um, And they're like, no, we're going to do the exorcism, actually. And he's Mm. like, that sucks. Um, And then, like, (laughs) the Monsignor comes in with another priest who's in a wheelchair. And the priest who's in the wheelchair like says a sick I don't remember what it is but he says a sick line when um he first comes in because they're like oh by the way Dr. Threadson you have to be present because I guess for every exorcism there has to be a real doctor question mark which I don't think is true sure um <laughs> you know, yeah exactly whatever, whatever yeah whatever yeah. American horror story <laughs> um so they're like that's why you're here Dr. Threadson I'm like but you have a doctor on staff you have Dr. Arden why isn't he you here? should have whatever. quite a few doctors right like it shouldn't <laughs> yeah, just be like two guys but yeah yeah so admittedly and like dr threadson doesn't work for briarcliff so like he's not legally obligated to stay but he does and he's like and they like kind of the monsignor kind of like alludes to the like oh dr threadson doesn't believe in jesus and the the priest in the wheelchair is like i love it when there's a non-believer in the room really makes me strut my stuff or something to that effect and i'm like hell yeah yeah Yeah. hell yeah gamer i love that Unironically, this funny little priest, top tier character. Yeah, he's Love this good. guy. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, I'm here to do my shit, brother. If you want to help, awesome. <laughs> if not, get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know what I'm the fuck about. Like, I am the best of the best. Get me in there. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah, he's, he's uh, not the nah. best of the best. Um <laughs> nah. but good for him. I like his confidence. I like his charisma. I'm into it. Um And then somewhere else, because, again, we're going to be hopping back and forth a lot. Lana is, again, writing notes in the common room. And Grace is like, tell me where the tunnels are. And Mm -hmm. Lana's like, no, not unless you say that Kit can't come with us. Which, by the way, 
Um, I don't think we've characterized enough. I have noted Grace as the manic pixie French girl um, in my notes because that's what they want Grace's character to be. She's just kind of this like little tiny like thing that's just like, hey, every character that could be sexually interested in me, I'm going to be the plot device that convinces you to do a, a thing and your desire for me will sway your decision. And like, that's her only purpose mm-hmm. is like specifically to be like an auxiliary character for two other main characters. Um, and she's, she's trying, trying to convince Lana and Lana's like, no. And then, all of the sudden, like, some commotion happens and Kit, like, comes over and rips the notes out of <laughs> Lana's hands. And she's like, hey, what the fuck? Um, and he hides them real quick. Um, and then the orderlies come in. And I don't even remember why the guards came in, but they did. Um, mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, thanks for doing me a solid, Kit. Um, does that go anywhere? Nope. No. No. It does not. Um which, to be fair, I guess, like, if your criteria was, I I think he's a serial killer or whatever, like, I guess that's, like, not enough. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> to, like, make you yeah. be like, oh, he's a good guy now. Like, it's like, okay, well, we're making a start, I guess, but this goes nowhere. <laughs> I feel like they're trying to make her less sympathetic in later things, you know, but it, it ends up just making you d- really dislike a protagonist, so whatever, you know. Um... Yeah, so, like, uh, right, so, yeah, that's right, they all get herded up for bed, and then... Oh, that, yeah, yeah that's then, why they were coming in there, is yeah. because everybody was, for whatever reason, everybody's getting herded up early for bed, so the exorcism can yep. go on, yeah, question mark? Sure. In, uh, yeah, Because otherwise, when the doors open up and the right lights turn red, we won't have the cool everybody stepping out of their cells into the hallway scene. It yeah. only works if everyone's in their cells first. So also, yeah. like, our exorcism... It's not a prison, by the way, but they have cells they're locked in, not a prison. Now, listen, I'm not going to claim to know a lot about asylums in the 60s or, like, church things, but exorcisms are not common enough i don't think that you have like a fucking procedure <laughs> a for protocol? them right yeah yeah that, yeah protocol. Like, all right we got to go to bed early it's exorcism time everybody's used to this right like oh not another exorcism you know like it doesn't fucking happen like get out of here no it's wednesday that's exorcism day i hate that it falls on sloppy joe day and here's it's the worst day of the week here's the worst of it right and when i liked the show i was like oh i'm interested to see what they do with this because now you're kind of coming at the king the exorcist the movie that they are pretty much kind of borrowing from here a lot is widely considered like the like the, the godfather of horror movies right like and even if you don't agree or whatever like and, and fair enough because it's got some down some you know whatever i'm just saying like imdb says it rotten tomatoes it's like typically like considered like the number one i do tend to agree but you know whatever as somebody who doesn't know horror and the person on the podcast explicitly is the not horror guy yeah i knew what the exorcist was when i was like four yeah. and i've known what it is since then like it's i i would be hard pressed to think of a more well-known horror franchise that's like rega- regarded well by like movie buffs yeah. right because there's like halloween and stuff but that's not like cinematography people aren't like wow <laughs> look at that yeah right and like other good like horror movies that involve exorcisms usually don't like crib from the exorcist because it is kind of you know what i mean it'd be like i don't know there's like there's uh, whatever but the point i'm just getting at is like they borrow a lot and it's not as good and it's like why did you do this you know like Again, even back when I liked the show, I'm like, don't, don't do this. Like, you're not the exorcist. Like, get out they of here. They borrow, yeah, they borrow it in the way that Scary Movie borrows <laughs> from the exorcist. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Not in the way that, like, a movie that wanted to pay homage would borrow it. Like, right. they don't do a good yeah. job of borrowing the source material. It's also a really common flaw I see in a lot of bad media, which is, hey, don't remind me of a better piece of me yeah. in the middle of your media. Don't make me be like, you're right. I could just be watching The Exorcist. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not a good play. Yeah, and this like we're like actually getting into the meat and potatoes of the exorcism scene, which again is gonna go on for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, and it's just truly like. Not a one for one, but so very clearly the tone of it and is supposed to be the same type of like the. It's not like the haunting of what's her name or something right. like that. Like it's so clearly for all of the exorcism and possession movies that are available to watch and are well known. It's 
so clearly toned and like framed as the exorcist yeah. that there's no mistaking that that's what they're like and, Im- implying here. And I love in the exorcist where the demon goes Hadouken yeah. and then uh, shoots a Hadouken <laughs> and knocks someone into a wall nearby. That's so cool. That ha- yeah. It's like they have to take the tamest part too. Yo, exorcist is a rough fucking movie. Like there's like this is a little girl and she does fucked up shit. That's like the point. There's blasphemy of all kinds. But here it's like, how about the part where she throws somebody against the wall or the part so there's a fucked up scene in the ex. I don't mean to jump around a little, but like there's a really fucked up scene in the Exorcist where one of the priests like has this mother who died recently, and the demon in the girl like is taunting him about that, even though sh- the demon or the girl could never have known about that, and starts speaking to him in her voice, right? And like it's fucked up and it's scary and everything. But here it's like, hey, you know what? This is a good time to tell some Sister Jude backstory. Because then out of nowhere, the demon's like, hey, Sister Jude, you know what you were like before a nun doja, and then you get a flashback. It's like, that's kind of an awkward take on that, but... Let's take it aside <laughs> to talk about your backstory, dude. Real, real family guy shit. Real family it guy really, demon really cutaway. Absolutely. Dude, you remember that one time I was at the Chicago Museum of Art? Like, yeah, it just... <laughs> Oh to be clear, God. the demon is doing it. it. This isn't me doing a bit. The demon like goes from being <laughs> mm-hmm. like, hi, I'm an average teen boy in Utah to, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hello. He's like smoking. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's like one step away from being the fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, let's see. Yeah, with that, um, really all this scene will do every time it pops back in is like give us a little bit of exposition about a different character like he speaks to um oliver about something in the same vein of like oh you shouldn't know that etc yeah exactly um and then in the midst of the exorcism scene we get another scene where arden's like i guess at his house question mark yeah again it might be on campus i don't know um but he's making dinner for a prostitute i know that all of you just went huh yeah Yeah. no we did too don't worry um (laughs) it's really out there and also a prostitute that's so bad at being a prostitute that it took me a second to be like is this just like a confused girl (laughs) applying to work there like what is this it's like oh she's a prostitute okay very good yeah they (laughs) made her a prostitute who like doesn't do what the person who hired her wants her to do which is not typically what a prostitute does and by that i mean he wants her to have dinner with him right um that's what the garlic bread was for presumably even though it's not on the table and like she says Um, something at one point like you want me to give you a hand job or some shit like that and he's like i would like it if you didn't speak like this you know because he's like clearly unhappy he clearly doesn't want like a typical sort of experience or whatever yeah she is not giving like good customer service right like he's like i want to have a nice dinner and not to like take too much of an aside here but a lot of sex workers will tell you that like a lot of people who hire them for their services like just want someone to talk to they just want like companionship Mm -hmm. like that's super common yeah yeah and like uh to have dinner with someone in particular like to be seen around town i mean whenever you hear about um like andrew tate and those those fuckers who do all the alpha male shit and trying to be like look how rich i am look at this look at that yeah. all it is is they're taking their scam dollars yeah hiring a bunch of sex workers and then having them like stand around my favorite of that being where like those guys start going into like if you date a girl under 25 you might as well die and then like the sex workers are like yeah i was 37 in that photo yeah. like i look hot thanks but like i was 37 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, all, all, all sorts of jobs so this would not be like that out of place or weird frankly right. like oh this old man wants to have dinner with me and have conversation right. okay yeah, and sure. it's like treating me to nice. Like he's clearly like very proud that he's like giving her like nicer stuff, like nice wine, garlic and nice bread. food, and yeah. like <laughs> garlic bread, a nice roast. Like he's very clearly trying to make a specific type of scenario yeah. where like he has like treated someone he views as lower as like very nice and giving her a nice experience. She's like, I want to touch your pee pee, and he's like, No, and he gets mad. <laughs> um, it's a really really bizarre interaction, but I think it's like I guess what they're getting at is like. Dr. Arden hates whores, question mark. Um, I guess that's what the takeaway is. Um, And then back at the exorcism, the demon throws the priest in the wheelchair against a wall. And so Jude has to come in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he literally yells something. He's like, 
get thrown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really bad. Like he's trying to do some like clever word play, but it would have been better <laughs> if he just was like Chuck roast. And then the guy went flying or something like yeah, he, he says something to the effect of like, Oh, you're, you're boring the hell out of me with like mm-hmm. whatever he's reading out of the Bible. And then he eats him against a wall. Um, and th- so that's our like crux for Sister Jude to come in mm-hmm. and um, babysit him. And while he's being babysat by Sister Jude, he slut shames the shit out of her and we get Jude lore. Um, and by that, I mean, we get a flashback of her singing in a bar and like, I guess, trying to fuck a bunch of soldiers that don't want to fuck her. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Um, also, she drunk drove and killed a little girl, um, <laughs> which we are now two for two on seasons of having a quote unquote Halloween episode where a little girl gets hit by a car directly related to Jessica Lange's character, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened two seasons in a row. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, so Sister Jude has hit a, a little girl with her car while drunk driving and... um. Just that's that's all that's established? Question mark. Also, yeah. she was a, sl- a slut? Question mark. I, th- I guess. Yeah. It's, I, I think. Yeah, like, God, sorry. If you try to be a slut but like can't close the deal, that doesn't count, right? <laughs> then you're just like that's, you're a desperate. Sad. Yeah, you're desperate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a little, yeah, desperate a little, but like that's not like a sin. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, this is supposed to be like, oh, she went to the convent to escape and nobody asked questions and blah, 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 you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oliver, the actual doctor in the room, is like, hey, um, he's going to have like a heart attack, so we should give him a sedative, the demon boy. Yeah. Um, and they give him a demon... Or they give him a demon sedative is what I was going to say. They give the demon a sedative. <laughs> right. And the, the demon difference. hates it. He fucking hates it. And he knocks out all of the power to the facility and turns on red lighting, I guess, um, which releases all of <laughs> yeah. the patients. Why do we have submarine lighting <laughs> in this prison? Well, who's that for? Because <laughs> it looks cool when the patients escape. Um, yeah. And they are. You're not wrong. It looks sweet as hell. <laughs> <sighs> and all the doors open up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the people all start wandering out of their cells. And Lana and Grace happen to be across from each other. And Lana's like, we should leave now. And Grace is like, cool, I'm going to go get Kit. And then Lana's like, no. <laughs> and then Kit just inexplicably finds them. And it's like, hey, you guys are escaping. Can I also come? And Lana's like, no. <laughs> and um, Lana does the worst thing possible when Grace and Kit are like, we're just going to leave on our own then. Fuck you. Um, oh, man. Yeah. She starts screaming. Like, help! The murderer is escaping! Um, like, help! help me! Help me! The killer's escaping! Like, she's snitching on him. Yeah. Um... And gets everybody in trouble, and the guards Fucking come in. The pinnacle, the pinnacle of get your goddamn priorities yeah. straight. You can walk outside this door right now. You've been given a one in a million miracle chance. You can't explain. And what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You're gonna snitch. Lock her up, but not for being lesbian. Yeah, <laughs> lock her up for being a fucking snitch yeah. in a real, real dumb time to be like. That's beyond snitching. That's like actively cutting off your own nose to snitch. Yeah, that's yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It just makes her kind of unlikable, honestly. Like it's harder to mm-hmm. root for because like you and you, the audience, know kid is innocent. You know the aliens are real. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it. This would kind of work, maybe, if the intro of the series wasn't us watching Kit be abducted by aliens and being innocent. Right. <laughs> like, they they blew the mystery load. They they made Bloody Face, like, clearly innocent from episode one. So now whenever there's a tension, it just looks like the other person's being a fucking asshole. Exactly. Because it's like, it's like if you have a friend that you know, like, isn't guilty of a crime they got accused of and someone keeps bringing it up and you're like, you know that isn't true, man. Like, it's that, but on in a show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, don't worry, um, that scene's over. Now we're back to the exorcism that everybody cares about so much. So Jed has a heart attack and dies because the exorcism fails or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's unclear why he has a heart attack and dies. Um, that doesn't like usually happen no. in in these movies. An yeah. exorcism. Um, <laughs> but then um, 
the demon, I guess, leaves Jed and uh, instead goes into Sister Mary Eunice, who is there now. Yeah. I, inexplicably. Hey, you know what, too? If you have a fucking horror movie you're ripping off of, don't just crib the fucking ending. But to be fair, yeah, yeah to be fair, it's, a, it's better. Um, but still. So the thing that pisses me off about Mary Eunice being here is they had a whole damn thing about how Jude wasn't supposed to be there and the the head of the entire convent was just like women shouldn't be in here right now this is business for men hey we're doing sexism but like protective right we're, now and then Mary Eunice is like hello I've been here the whole time I know well, it's, it's, and if you think about it it sucks too because it's like we're doing sexism and we're right in this instance see the demon yep yeah. yeah we're doing sexism comma we didn't inflict the sexism hard enough also we were yeah. right <laughs> to do so <laughs> Why is that and, a demon rule? Anyway, yeah. And now Mary Eunice is nasty. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now it's nasty Mary Eunice time. My favorite time of the rest of the show. Uh, the exorcism's over. Um, now we're back at Arden's house with the prostitute question mark. He's made her go into a room to take off her makeup and dress up like a nun. Mm. Um, and then she the the place he puts her to do that. Yeah. He just. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Has a terrible work from Dr. Arden. T- bottom one serial killer. <laughs> really fucking stupid. Really stupid. Oh, my um, God. Because, yeah, as Liz was getting to, the room he threw her into and was like, here, change. Be in here alone for a bit. I won't observe you. Don't touch anything. Um, And then she touches anything and is like, huh, this is an album full of uh, pictures of uh, women he made dress up as a nun and then uh, dismembered. Yep. Oh, also, well. it's not like... This was hidden. This is on the dresser that he's making her take her makeup off of. Right? Out. It's so bad. It's like, <laughs> he how did didn't you... even like put it in a drawer or oh, like shit. in a nightstand? He like put it on the table. Like, he he, don't open this. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Um, so. And he comes in and she panics and knocks the pictures on the ground. And then he's like, I'm. Uh, now I'm gonna have sex with you. And then she's like, I'm gonna bite your arm and leave. And she does. Um, and then back at Briarcliff, Jude tells the family that their son died and it's, they're sad about it, um, understandably. Um, and then it cuts straight to Mary Eunice, like, sleeping in the infirmary, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arden walks in and he sees, like, a little too much of Mary Eunice's thigh and yeah. starts to, like, pull down her nightgown. And that wakes her up and she's like, what's up? I'm rude now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, do I need to go like feed the forest monsters or whatever? And he's like, ma'am, your collarbones are way too distracting. Please cover yourself. Mm -hmm. And she covers herself with the blanket and is like, is that better? And he's like, yeah, that's great. And then that's it. Um, that's the end of that the, interaction. Yeah. They kind of show the crucifix and like her blanket goes over like you're supposed to be like, hey, I think something happened to her in the exorcism or whatever. But who cares? Except for the fact that it's not a mystery. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't ever present like it's literally the kid going through the demon seizures is having demon seizures locks eyes with mary eunice stops having demon seizures and then mary eunice passes out it's like the most blatant like oh he jumped bodies like it's so (laughs) (laughs) like there's no reason that she would have just fainted otherwise like they don't present it as her fainting they don't make it look like she's fainting it it would have made more sense if they had it be like demon boy is doing demon seizures does a big throw up and then <laughs> stops moving and then she like looks like she passes out from the big throw up then you could reference the big throw up from the exorcist like if we're gonna steal from the yeah, exorcist right? let's fucking do yeah, it yeah yeah like yeah get the puke in there brother that's famous <laughs> <laughs> bring the famous puke back that's what i'm saying and um yeah, no, they don't. They just have her be like, oh, I had a soul jacked into my body. Time to fall down. And there's no other plausible explanation for her passing out. Also, there's no like mystery as to like whether or not she's different. Like she's acting different the literal next scene that yeah, we see exactly. her. She's like, she's like, I'm rude she's, now. She's immediately like confident and just like, hey, what's up? Hey, yeah. what's up, Dr. Arden? And she's like, huh. 
you're acting normal. This is fine. And she's like, damn right, I'm acting normal, you fucking weirdo. Now get out of here. <laughs> and he's like, that's the stupid ass Mary Eunice that we all know and love who cries in every scene. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll uh, like lean and eat a caramel apple out of my like hand a deer. like a weird baby bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a deer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that's the end of that scene and now we're in the last scene of the episode where Lana is in Jude's office being quote unquote rewarded for being a snitch and she's smoking and Jude steals her cigarette um, that establishes nothing because at one point uh, Kit like see Kit will come in in a second and he'll see the cigarette in a glass like that's anything and then it will be nothing um mm-hmm. <laughs> But that's why the ci- it's like they wrote another part of the scene that involved the cigarette, and right. then it didn't make it into the final cut of the show. But they forgot to take out the buildup for it. Um, but Jude's like, "Hey, Lana, thanks for being a snitch. That's so cool. Here are the two people you snitched yeah. on. Your reward, your treat." Yeah. Um, I was gonna say we gotta bring up this treat. is the part where is. she's just repeatedly like, "I got you a treat. Here's a treat." She says "treat" like six times in this scene. <laughs> like clearly they were like, "Oh shit, we're filming the last scene of Trick or Treat," and no one said "treat." <laughs> we gotta do <laughs> that. That's the trick. Um, yeah, she's like, "Here's your treat. Um, we're gonna spank Grace and Kit uh, with some canes. And you, um, you get to pick it. That's your, that's your reward." And she's like, "That's fucked up." Yeah, uh, that's not a reward. But I'm gonna do it anyway. Also, <laughs> yeah. like. In a scenario where we've seen that solitary confinement, shock therapy, scalding hot baths, mm-hmm. um, and the like are all options as punishment. A, a dissection by the yeah. weird doctor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting yeah. spanked feels like kind of a kind of a low grade punishment for I'd trying to escape. It. At yeah. that point, yeah, right? yeah, I would be like, I think I'm just into being hit now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's if that if that's like the low level, that's just what it's, I'm latching on to for joy at Relatively, that point. it's like I'm making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, what a deal. Just get hit in the ass a couple times. <laughs> yeah, they treat it like it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen to these two. And it's like, no, we have definitely seen worse possible things mm. that could happen. They're adults. Like getting Getting a switch and getting hit in the butt is like something that is the pinnacle of fear to like a seven year old. Yeah. This is an adult who's been accused of murdering multiple <laughs> women and like dismembering them. I think we're past spanking. So like, I think if you yeah. want to incite fear in this man, you need to be like, I'm going to cut your fucking leg right. off. Like that <laughs> would be like, okay, I'm listening. So yeah. And they're supposed to get 20 each, but Kit, because we're supposed to love Kit is like, I, you know, I did all of it. It was my idea. Just I'll take all the caning. And they're like, yeah, okay. And then that's the end of the episode is when we hear Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Yep. Uh, Kit, like, wistfully looks at the cigarette and the shot glass, and then that nothing culminates from that. But, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the episode is Kit getting spanked. Um, ta-da! Yep. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, the ending does kind of have big... Ta-da! Energy of just like, and now Kit's getting spanked, and Sister Jude is insisting it's a treat. And um, this scene doesn't really move the plot forward in a meaningful way. Like, literally, the only thing this scene establishes is like, wow, Kit's a good guy who probably didn't do it, which, yeah. We know. Uh, we uh, saw him not do it. They, they <laughs> like, also like we sh- saw him fucking not do it. They focus on <laughs> Lana, like her being like mortified at what's happening to Kit. And again, I would like to revisit that. Like, it's not like they just announced they were gonna cut off Kit's hands because he tried to escape. Like, no, he's getting his like ass quite literally beat. Um, <laughs> but Lana looks at it like they just announced that he was going to get executed because she snitched on him. Like it was like this yeah. huge deal. And it's like, and they have her pick out the, the like switch and or rod from like a cabinet of different switches. And, um, she goes to pull like a small one at first because like, Oh, she feels bad for it. And then Jude goes live large, honey. And then makes her like pick a big rod, which is like, well then this is ruining the treat too. I like, can you're tell not even you letting her have from experiences 
having parents that loved to do that when I was a kid. Um, smaller bigger, ones hurt more. Yeah, smaller ones hurt way more. Oh, God, yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. They sting like a motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> they didn't even yeah. bother researching, like, hey, um, what would be worse? They're like, no, bigger, worse, scarier, larger, scarier. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Happy tricks and treats, everyone. Happy tricks and treats. Tune in next time for um, episode three. Yeah, come down to the old asylum courtyard in the next 15 minutes if you want an ass beating. (laughs) Or a candy uh, apple. Or a candy amel apple. (laughs) (laughs) Candy or caramel. We're not sure still. All right, final check. What's the the name of the next one? Uh, Nor'easter. What? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I'm not making that up. It's Nor'easter. That's that's so good a name compared to... Anyway. (laughs) What is... Uh, okay. Wow, accidentally looked down at the next yeah. episode. Episode four sure yeah. is I Am Anne Frank Part yeah. One. Yeah. Huh? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> well, see you next time, everyone. Yep. Bye. <laughs>